All right, welcome back to Fuse. How you doing? Good? Man, uh, how's school? We love it. It's so fun. Is anyone not in school yet? Everyone's back? That's awesome. Hey, we're going to do um, some fun stuff tonight, uh, kicking off this series called Exclusive Drop. Our game was sneaker-related. Uh, some of y'all, I know, are sneakerheads in the room. Who's the sneakerheads in the room? And there are self-proclaimed sneakerheads where you, like, you window shop online, but then there's the ones who actually, like, get in on the, like, yeah, I'm going to save up for my favorite pair. Did anyone, I'm just, we're not going to do story time or anything right now, but did anyone, like, ask for a pair of sneakers for Christmas? <clears throat> wow. How many of you, uh, I hesitate to ask this question, but I'm going to do it. How many of you uh, got the pair that you asked for? You don't need, put your shoes on. I can smell your feet from here. Okay, awesome. Um, I, uh, I should, I should, I, I should have, uh, we should have made this tonight like sneaker night, but I didn't because I wasn't thinking about it. But I wanted to uh, bring some illustrations uh, for you um, because I, it's just kind of one of my favorite things. And so um, I, rem- I think the reason, if I can just kind of like bare my soul to you, is that sneakers were really popular when I was a kid, like even younger than you, because that's when Michael Jordan was playing. And I mean, Michael Jordan basically like introduced this culture to us and gave us these amazing shoes. And so it's funny, every year I like, well, throughout the year, Google like release dates and things like that. Anyone else do that with me? Like you are ready. It's not just like, oh, I heard, like I saw it on the shelves or something. I am, I know what's coming out in December at this point. Uh, that's just kind of how crazy I am with, I do the same thing with like movies and music and things like that. But like with sneakers, you know, there's, there's release dates and every December Jordan usually comes out with, uh, like an 11, which is my, my personal favorite, the Jordan 11 with the patent leather. Um, now this year's, I've already looked at it. It's, it's like white on white. It's like, probably not for me, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good looking shoe. I'm sure you'd like it. But I also did some like looking on StockX today at some of maybe the most sought after shoes. And, uh, and it's interesting that some like really like popular shoes are popular because they're so rare and they just don't make a lot of them. And uh, I found a couple that I'd like to just show you. Uh, there's the, this in particular is the flu game. It's a Jordan 12. Um, and uh, you can see it's signed. So this was the pair that Jordan wore um, first of all, can we just play a game real quick? Um, when I say Michael Jordan, <sighs> I know, he's, uh-oh. Do we all understand who I'm talking about? Does anyone not know who Michael Jordan is? It's okay. It's a, not Michael B. Jordan, not Creed. He's awesome, but he's not the GOAT. Caleb, I f- get out. There's the door. No, so like, Michael Jordan famously played in this game, right? And he had like flu-like symptoms. Come to find out it was probably not the flu. Um, It may have been uh, poisoned um, because he ordered pizza at like two in the morning. Um, And someone from the city representing the team that he was playing against brought him 
the pizza, and there's kind of a rumor that maybe he, like, poisoned it or something and got real sick. He still had a really great game, and uh, as you can see, that those shoes uh, cost someone $104,000 and seven, well, $765,000. So that's an expensive pair of shoes, and they were game-worn, right? They were worn by Michael Jordan. Now, if you think those are expensive, $104,000. There's another pair of shoes I'm going to show you. This, this would actually kind of help explain the answer. When did the Jordans, when did the Jordan brand really show up and like start making shoes? 85. And this is the pair, right? The Chicago, the Air Jordan 1 Chicago. These are game worn, $560,000. Goodness gracious. And there's, if you look on StockX, is anyone, would anyone in here say like, yes, like out of all the sneakers and out of all the shoes, the Air Jordan 1 is like my favorite of all the designs. Anyone? They're popular, okay. Really? I, I kind of thought more people. So this is like a really hard colorway to find because it came out in 85. So, they're, so yeah, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really old. It's really highly sought after because it's, it's rare. And this pair in particular is the game-worn pair by Michael Jordan. So uh, now... There's another pair that's not really Jordan, but I, I just thought I would just kind of throw it in the mix. Um, it's called the Nike Mag. Anyone seen these? Okay, so this right here pairs my love for sneakers and my love for movies because this show, I'm sorry, this sneaker was featured in Back to the Future. I'm so proud of you. I've never been more happy or more satisfied in my life. You knew Back to the Future. It's a, they're like, you cheated. But some people knew. It's some people new. Back to the Future 2. I, I totally get it. Thank you, Xavier. So um, who's never seen Back to the Future? Either one of them. Any of them. There's, there's like three. Okay. That's all right. It's all good. Michael J. Fox. Did you raise your hand? God. Nikki. Get on board. Okay. Skip three, but watch one and two. Okay. Um, so... In Back to the Future 1, Marty McFly goes to the past. He time travels via a DeLorean. How many of you know what a DeLorean is? Yeah. So he goes to the past. He, like, meets his own family. Hey, check this out. Let me just, I'm not going to spoil it, okay? Some, most of you have seen it. But he goes to the past. He meets his, picture this. Okay, he's, he's, uh, he's older. He goes to the past. His mom's a teenager. He's a teenager. And she's kind of like interested in him. She thinks he's handsome. It's really weird. It's really weird. But in Back to the Future 2, he goes to the future. And he has this pair of self-lacing shoes. And they're the coolest thing in the world. So I actually went and looked. I was like, there's no way these are like self-lacing. And I, I saw there's a video like demonstrating how they work. Just turn your attention to the screens. Hey, what is up guys? I'm KBHD here. And today we get a little taste of the future. I hope you've seen Back to the Future. Power laces, all right. So when Marty McFly traveled 30 years into the future, into the year 2015, this is what they imagined shoes would be like. Well now, thanks to Nike, they're kind of a reality, and they are sick. 
So this is it, the Nike Mag. It's the self-lacing high-tech shoe they imagined come to life, kinda. So the technical magic is in the sole of the shoe there's a sensor and on the back there are motors that are actually connected to the laces so when they sense your weight in the shoe for the first time they automatically tighten so that they're just snug enough to get up and go. But in case it doesn't get it perfectly right every time, which it doesn't, there are some buttons in the shoe, a green button to tighten it a bit more, a red button to loosen, and that's also how you take them off. And there's also a yellow button that can turn the lights on the shoe on and off. And it also serves as a battery check. Yes, the lights on the back here are actually a battery indicator for the shoe. These kicks are still in the green, but if you leave the lights on all day, you will kill them, and you have to plug them into a wall and charge them at night, just like your phone. But once you actually get them on, the funny thing is these moon boots actually aren't that heavy. They're really big, obviously, but they're high tops. And when you hear there's a motor and sensors and batteries in them, you expect them to be really heavy, but they're not. They're actually kind of lightweight and they're comfortable. Now, I don't know how many people would actually wear these day to day if they got them. Obviously, it's more of a collector piece, but word on the street is the Nike Hyper Adapt 1.0 is something that's coming out later. And I guess that'll be the real retail product with self-lacing shoes and everything. But until then, we can admire these. Like, we kind of did it. Welcome to 2016. The only thing that's missing now is the hoverboard. Ah, uh, one of those hoverboards. So we were, we were supposed to have those hoverboards by now. Okay? We were lied to. We were lied to. You're like, I have one. I'm like, eh. Mm. So here's the thing. They only made 89 of those. And I mean... The, the price was astronomical, right? What was the, I think I wrote it down, $76,000 for a pair of shoes, right? I will probably never own a car that's worth that much, like much less a pair of shoes that's worth that much. That's crazy. But um, they're, they're rare. And that's what makes these sneakers so like special and sought after. And all these people are like willing to go spend lots and lots of money because it's like rare. And what's crazy is, us adults, we kind of make fun of you teenagers because we watch you like wear these sneakers and we know that you don't want to crease them. And so you're just kind of walking around school like this. Let me just tell you, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It looks real weird. It looks Just wear them. Just wear them. Crease them. Who cares? That's just, that's just my thought. Anyone on team crease them? Just wear them. Yeah. Awesome. Just crease them. Right? They're dope. Dimitri's like, not on team crease them. Okay. That's fine. So here's, here's where you're like, what on earth are we doing? What does this have to do with the Bible? So here's what this has to do with the Bible. The rarity of these shoes, even in a game-worn pair of Jordans that's worth, you know, $500,000, which is nuts. It's not, it doesn't touch the rarity of you and the value of you. Because at the end of the day, Freshmen, um, mm-hmm. Oh, you want to come at me with one of those? Just shut your yapper. That's what I wanted to say. I work with his dad. We'll talk tomorrow. That'll be fun. How's your weekend going to be, Eli? <laughs> Do you have a hearing problem? <laughs> okay, yeah. So... The rarity of you, like the human species isn't exactly endangered, but you 
are unique because there's literally never been anyone that's exactly the DNA coding that you have, that likes the same things, that is the same way, that looks the same way, that has your family of origin, that has your story. Like you are completely unique. We learn in the Bible that God loves all of us, that he loves us enough that he would send his only begotten son to die for us, which again, really isn't like the value of something determined by how much someone is willing to like just pay for it. Because those shoes, those shoes aren't actually worth, this, they're, not, they're not actually currency. Like the leather isn't special. It's just, it's just a pair of shoes that he happened to wear. But people are willing to pay for them because yeah, they're rare and because they care about it and because it's fun and all that kind of stuff. It has a lot of legacy, but you have a lot of value. And, and I just, if I can just kind of lean in in a serious way right now, um, there's a lot of people today that really struggle when they look in the mirror to see the value of what God, like, gave you. And that's, that makes me uh, upset. It makes me upset, not mad. It makes me sad for you. It makes me want something better for you. But also, I'm going to be just straight up honest with you. In moments where I'm having my bad days, my, like, my, like dark days where I feel like a cloud is covering, yeah, I have struggled in the past with wondering if God has given me any value or if God cares about me, if God knows what's going on in my story or if God even cares. Now, I don't want to ask you if you like agree or have felt that way. I'm just going to kind of assume that a lot of us have probably struggled with that, maybe struggling with it right now. And so here's what I want to do to kind of kick our semester off because I really think it matters to kick off a year, like a calendar year, with a very important truth. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna answer just kind of a really big question for these next two weeks. And it's one of the most commonly asked questions of all time. It's just, who, who am I? Who am I? Now, if, if, if you were to start answering that question, you'd maybe, you'd maybe like, my name is this. And I, I didn't ask you what your name was. I, I love your name. It's special. It's it's. It's, it's dear to you, but it's not just your name. It's not just where you live. It's not just who your parents are or what you care about. Like, who, who am I? And, and if you really wanted to give the actual true answer, like if I was to actually share everything about the, my answer to that question, could you imagine? Think of all the things that we hide from people. <laughs> Think of all the things that you don't know about my life. Think of all the things that I might be embarrassed to tell you, right? If I was to say, like, this is who I am. This is what you would use. These are the words you would use to describe me. These are the use I words to describe me. Uh, this, is the, this is, like, this is who I am. I think it's important that we answer that question with truth. So at the end of the day, and, and listen, all of us are coming in from kind of different places, and maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian. Obviously, we're in a church, so we believe what the Bible says, but, but, but you may be wrestling with that, and that's okay. I want you to know you can come to Fuse every Wednesday and struggle with that. We want you to know that this is, we want this to feel like home. We want this to be welcoming. We want this to be helpful. We want this to be a place where you can be honest. Um, we want this to be a place where you can have fun, but also learn. Um, and, and I'm just going to tell you kind of where I stand on it. I believe at the end of the day that there's a creator that put all of this into motion and he cares about us and that we're his prized possessions. So when we look at that question, who am I? If I wanted to answer it, 
with like truth, black and white, 100% truth, then I've got to go to where the answers are going to be the truest. So I want you kind of silently to yourself throughout these next two weeks to just start kind of picking apart these truths that you see on the screen that we're reading from the Bible and just honestly reflect if you believe these things about yourself. Now, there's two ways to answer that question as I see it. There's um, the, the you that everyone else sees and there's the you that only God sees. Now, you, right? I, I, I tell you stories. I, I, I would like to, you know, think that I'm honest with you, <laughs> that I'm pretty transparent with you. Um, I don't only tell you my wins. I tell you some of my losses. I tell you some of my failures or my temptations or the ways that I don't get it right all the time. But by and large, you're looking at, like, you don't know what God sees in me because he knows everything, right? There's no hiding from God. So if it's true that God knows everything, sees us to our very core, and loves us more than anyone in the world, there must be a lot of value there. But let me start off this way. Let's kind of play a little game to start. Um, I'm going to just kind of uh, ask you to stand up if the statement that I'm going to say is true about you. And these are just not special or not serious. This isn't Bible stuff. We're just going to kind of take a little fun break here because I want to learn about you. If I say something and you're like, yeah, that's true about me, just go ahead and stand up. So first, uh, anyone a Star Wars fan? Interesting. Awesome. Okay. Uh, You can sit. Does anyone hate Star Wars? Like, it's, there's, there's like, I don't know anything about it. That's not you. Like, you actually hate it. You're opposed to it. Star Wars. Okay, cool. You can sit. Um, who likes fajitas? Yeah. Fajitas. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. You can sit. You can sit. Does anyone like anime? You stop watching it? Did you, you feel, I feel like there's peer pressure here. Did they peer pressure you to stop watching anime? Yes. Yes. Are we, we're getting into some territory that this whole side over here, this is the anime side. No one on this side? What are you pointing at me for? I don't watch anime. A little bit. Okay. Who, okay, you can sit. Just because I'm having fun, who thinks anime is for nerds? <laughs> He's like, yeah? That's, that tracks. Who thinks anime is for nerds? All right, you can sit. You can sit. Hey, it's awesome. You know, I love it. Um, who, uh, I talked to one student in here who said this one time, who hates movies? I'm not asking you like bury your soul or anything, like hates movies. There it is. Ellie with the courage. She was the one. Okay. You're allowed to hate movies. That's okay. I don't. Who loves movies? Yeah. Okay. 
All right, let's sit. Let's sit. Let's, let's, let's do this. Who prefers TV shows to movies? You're like, I just really like to get the nitty gritty, the character development. Just like to really go on a journey. You don't have, okay. All right, you can sit. All right. All right, let's change gears. Who likes playing chess? I love chess. Chess is, uh, okay, you can sit. Now we're going to play a different game. Who doesn't know how to play chess? There it is, right there. Don't know how to play chess. Okay, that's all good. All right, you can sit. Who's a Texans fan? Wow. Um, okay. Everyone but my wife can sit down. We, we need to have a conversation right now. Uh, so you can sit. You're good. No, no, you can stand up, Chris. We have to have a conversation. Okay. So you're a Texans fan. You're also a Browns fan? Okay, so are you aware that they're going <laughs> to... If you were to pick one, who would you pick? You would pick the Browns and be, be disappointed yet again? The Browns always find a way to do it. C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud. All right. Who, um, we're going to make some enemies. Who thinks Bluebell is overrated? <laughs> so, so what's happening with Cooper? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I... Okay, you can sit. Every once in a while, I feel like I do things and then I regret them. And I was like, I might have started a fight just now. Like that was, there was a lot of aggression. All right, let's, let me do something a little. Who, um, who has a social media account? Has a social media account. All right. Who has a Facebook account? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're going to camp out here for just a moment. Shh. Now, I said, who has a Facebook account? And I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven students, eight. Are you for real right now? You have a Facebook account? Do you also have a MySpace? <laughs> okay. All right. You can sit. Who has, who has a streak going right now on Snapchat? 
Interesting. All right. Couple more because I'm having fun. Who, um, who's in the theater? Who's in the theater? Awesome. Wow. A lot going on. All right. Man, losing them. Who, uh, who hates rap music? Hates rap. Okay. Okay. All right, so let me ask a more specific question because Chris has now kind of triggered me. Who thinks today's rap is overrated? Wow, look at there. Snoop on a stoop. All right. One more. Who, who likes vegetables? Great job. Great job. All right. All right. Let's sit. See, that's fun, isn't it? I love... I love learning about y'all. There's some things... It's funny. Isn't it, isn't it funny that there's like some things that you think are obvious about everyone, but then like it makes us unique, like all these different things are said about us. Some of us are like, we like different music, we like different games, we like different media choices. You know, it makes us unique. And, and it's funny, as I love to talk about those differences and similarities, but I think the differences really kind of like bring out the beauty, not just in like relationships, but in the body of Christ. Um, because two, like, there's a lot of different people in here that come from different family backgrounds, that come from different uh, heritage, that come from different traditions. Uh, and so and I'm going to tell you, like, this is this church, this church and this community is pretty rare because I've lived, I think I've told you, like, I don't know, eight different places or so. And, um, you know, we were even visiting a town, um, my hometown. It's pretty homogenous as far as... Um, as far as like ethnicity goes, it's, it's pretty vanilla and it just is. And it is what it is, you know, and you can't just whatever. So what I've enjoyed is getting to know different people, different. And also like, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 41 and y'all are like teenagers and just in a completely different, we are like two generations apart and like we are motivated by different things. We care differently about different things. Um, so, so I think it's, I think it's interesting to learn about you guys. Now, that's the stuff that everyone can see, right? Or that you can put on a t-shirt or you can put on your status or you can put on your bio or whatever. Like you can tell people, right, that this is who you are. But then when we get down to the nitty gritty of the you that only God sees, you know, I, I want to, again, start this year off answering this question in truth, because there's going to be a moment this year, I promise you, there's going to be a moment this year 
where you're looking in the mirror and you're going to disagree with what God says. I'm not just saying physically, but like you don't like what's inside. You don't like what's outside. You don't like the way you act, behave, talk. Like you don't like the way you do in school. You don't like your, your friend group or you don't like kind of your station in life. Maybe you're struggling with your family. Maybe you're, you know, you, you're, you're embarrassed by something in life. And I want to tell you like, welcome to the club, by the way. Like that's all of us. And I want you to know that all of us go through that on some level, and I really care. I really care that you know how to answer the most important question, which is, who are you in the sight of God? So I want to just do two things real fast. I want to go all the way back to the beginning. I've actually kind of started this little study in Genesis. I just thought, you know, let's just go straight to Genesis 1 and start reading. And I came upon these three verses, Genesis 1, verses 26, 27, and 28. They're going to be on the screen. And this is not about you necessarily. It's really more about God, but you have to talk about God before we can talk about you. Because if there's a beginning creator, right? If there's a a God behind all of creation, then the answer to who you are has to start with him. Has to. And so now maybe we can disagree. Like some of you are like, I don't know about this God or Christianity or Jesus or Bible stuff. That's okay. But I do want to give you a very clear answer to who we are, where we came from, and kind of our origins. So verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And why does it say our? Because there's inside God, there's one God made up of how many persons? Three, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They have perfect community before any of us ever came around and kind of messed it up. (laughs) God loves us, but we brought sin into the world. He didn't. So he says, let us make man in our image. So in a sense, there is something special about us that is not true of any other creation. He didn't say, let us make the mountains in our image. He didn't even say, let us make the animals in our image. There is something special about how he created you. Okay? You need to pay attention to that after our likeness. And then he gives you a little bit of a challenge there. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of, he, in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Okay? Verse 28. God blessed them. That, man, if you did a Bible study on what God's blessing on you means, right, for your life, there's a special relationship that he wants to have with you. There's an ability to relate to God that he gave to you and and, and not the animals and not the grass and not the the moon and the stars, right? All those things are, are, are beautiful and all that, but he blessed them. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. This is the first uh, directive that God gave humanity, gave Adam and Eve, right? S- like fill the earth, subdue it, right? Be in control. I'm giving you the earth to steward, to manage, to take care of, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And so you have this kind of origin story of humanity. Obviously, we know Adam and Eve, 
we know that there's this moment in the garden, right, where they have perfect community with God. Then there's the tempter that comes along and said, did God really say that you couldn't have the fruit or that you would die? Did God really say? He counterfeits God's word with, by, by the way, when you're looking in the mirror, if I can just have all eyes on me for just a moment, this may be the most helpful thing you've ever heard in church service ever. When you're looking in the mirror and you don't like what you see or you disagree with what God says in scripture about you, there's a solid shot that the tempter whispered in your ear, did God really say? That's the thing that I'm afraid of because there's a ton of people that are listening to what he says, eating that up, and then walking away and like letting that be their truth. And it's garbage. And it's garbage. And it's no wonder we're jacked up, right? And hear me, I'm not judging people, right? I'm looking right at myself and saying, sometimes you listen to the enemy a little, a, a, a little bit. You, you kind of maybe entertain the lies. You, sometimes you, you spend a little time away from God. You're kind of like, ah, oh, I don't need to read my Bible today. I just kind of put that away. And then I get to this place in life where I'm starting to listen to the enemy's lies. And I don't even realize it. And then you ever got to a point in your life where you're like, I'm feeling kind of crummy. I'm feeling kind of like, I don't really care about church. I don't really care about God. I don't really want to go to church. I don't really want to go do these things. I wonder how that happens. We walked away. He didn't. It's not like God walked away. We kind of just said, I'm just kind of put some distance between us and God. So years later, in the, in the Psalms, right, there's the author of the Psalms who's writing this chapter 8. I'm just going to show you five quick verses in Psalms chapter 8. Uh, and, and it says this. He's, he's essentially um, mirroring what, uh, what, what's been written. So verse 3. Chapter 8, verse 3. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, there's this question that pops up. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Uh, anyone ever had that moment? <laughs> I mean, that moment happens for me um, when I am standing looking at an ocean. That's just where, I, and it can happen with the mountains, it can happen. Like, it happens in nature for me. But there is nothing like standing and looking at an ocean and be like, Pfft. I start to feel really small. Not in like an insignificant way, but in like a, this is all really big. Like, God, God is big. But he's also holy. He's also like the king. And he's also my friend. And he created me. And he knows everything about me. And he says he loves me. He says he's never going to leave me or forsake me. But he created all this, and he's looking at me and says, I'm, I've put a lot of value on you. That blows me away. What, what is man that you are mindful of him? And then it's interesting. Uh, verse 5, uh, he goes on. He said, yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, the angels, right, crowned with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, the birds, the heavens, the fish. He's reciting this original call on humanity. And by the way, when you see like man, we're thinking mankind, man and woman, he created them. Like he created mankind. He gave us this opportunity to like find our identity in him. And I just want to just challenge you. Don't let those lies from the enemy creep in. Don't. Because you have to pause every once in a while. I know we don't have like, you know, the ocean, like at Galveston's 
great, uh, you know, it's beautiful. <clears throat> but go every once in a while, right? Go and just, to, like, sometimes we walk outside and we walk right past creation. And, and, and if you, have you ever um, been, like, and you got to be, like, bored to do this. But have you ever just kind of, like, stared and watched, like, creation happen in front of you? Whether it's, like, grass and, like, animals and stuff like that. And you're watching it. Have you ever, like, pondered, sat and pondered all of creation, all that God put in place? And you're just like, dude, this is no accident. This is no, this is no accident. God is in the middle of all of this. He is the beginner and the author of all of this. And there is nothing, right, that I'm in control of. This is a God thing. So who am I? Uh, listen, I got some questions about who I am. But here's what I know. God created me. It says in Ephesians 2 that I'm his masterpiece. Poema is the Greek word used there. Isn't that beautiful? That God would call you a masterpiece? If the, create, the perfect, holy creator of the universe says, you know what the word master, it doesn't mean just like, you know, when uh, we love you, okay, but when you bring your art home, right, and we put it, like your first grade, right, um, it's not a masterpiece, right? It's, but it's, we love it. We love it. It's so beautiful because you made it. We put it right there on the fridge and we keep all of it. We never throw it away. You go to bed and we throw some of it away. <laughs> we have to. We can't keep it all. But it's like you make this thing. And you know what? It, it's special to parents. It's special. You, though, and me, the perfect holy God says we are his masterpiece. There's a, there's a series we did. Last thing I'll say. A series we did a few months back called Big, uh, Big, was it Big Questions? What is it? I wonder. That's right. I wonder, we're talking about our big questions. Anybody remember that? This is where I had you kind of turn in your questions. And what I promised you was that over the course of the year, we would just kind of pull some of these questions out every once in a while. And uh, some of them are just very like black and white, like how did all this get started? Which is, you know, great. Um, it's a good question. It's a, it's a fantastic question. But some of, the, some of the questions have like an emotional tint to them. And um, tonight I want to introduce two of those to you, and these are questions someone asked in, the, in this room, and I think they apply to kind of what we're going through. First question, um, sit on there. God asks us to do so many things. How do we do all of it and balance life? It's a great question. It's a great question, because every time you come to church, you learn a new thing you're supposed to do and not mess up. It's awesome. Right, and how could you feel like you're on top of it? By the way, if you got a leader around the table, when we close views, just be like, are you nailing it? Hint, we're not nailing it, right? We're not getting it right all the time. I got it wrong today, right? So did every other adult. So but lest we act like we got it all together, we don't, right? We're growing, we're a work in progress, we're God's masterpiece, but we do not have it all together. But this second question really kind of shades things a little bit more. I want to share this with you. For a while now, I've struggled with bad thoughts and just like, I think I'm not good enough. And like everyone is better and like thinking nobody likes me. I'm just not really sure what to do. And the second part of the question really <clears throat> gets me. I try to just read my Bible and pray a lot, but I just feel like I'm a bad Christian for not reading my Bible and praying as much. 
So how do I fix the bad thoughts and draw closer to God? Um, here's what's on my heart, like my heart for you. I, I want you to know, like, I want so much for y'all to know how much God loves you, how much value he's given you, how much he cares about you. And there's some things that we want to teach you from time to time. It, you know, if you're walking through the hallways and you're like cussing up a storm, we're going to pull you aside and say like, maybe not those words, right? We can do better. And uh, yeah, there's some things that we ought to do to kind of maybe get along and not, you know, act like a, a total idiot all the time. But if you're ever in the place in life where you're like, man, there's just a lot of pressure with this whole Christianity thing, and I don't know what I'm supposed to focus on, and I don't, ah, uh, there's just a lot of commandments, there's a lot to think about. Here's my heart for you. Here's just kind of want to start, start the year off. It's just this. I want you to stop worrying so much about what you should do. I just want you to spend more time thinking about who God is. And, I, and, and not just your ideas, like not just your guesses, but we got to find out who God is. So the black and white truth of who God is, it's not just like, well, I think God is just kind of up there wearing a heavenly tuxedo. Doesn't say that. That's not true, right? Don't just walk around with lies in your head. But like, get to a point where you can put some truth in your head from scripture, from, from Fuse, from Life Bible Study, from Wave Weekend, from worship services on the weekend, from you reading your own Bible kind of throughout the week. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to hook you up with one, okay? Please, please, please let us know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I don't want you to be like, okay, okay, I gotta, I gotta go to church, gotta be there on time, I gotta give, I gotta serve, I gotta stop cussing, I gotta not go to those parties, I gotta make sure that I don't... There's a place for all that, but please, please, please never let go of the fact that if you spend more time thinking about who God is, I promise you that's your next right step. Because when I get a little lost, and I still get lost, and I don't mean like, you know, I mean like when I'm like, I don't know, something's not right. Something's, I don't feel, I feel off. I feel distant. I feel, ugh, you know. When I'm off, the only thing that I know that I can do is go to God's word and just be like, just, Teach me who you are. And the overflow of that, it doesn't mean you're going to be happy. It's just going to fix everything. It's not going to fix your friend problems or family problems or school. It's not going to fix all that. But you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus and the peace that comes, uh, that overcomes all over understanding is going to flood your soul because you're going to have a connection with your heavenly father. And I promise you, that's something you can bank on. Build your relationship with God. Now, if you're just kind of waiting for Fuse to spoon feed it to you, some of you need to take a next step and learn how to kind of feed yourself. And it doesn't need to be milk. It needs to be meat, right? It needs to be, you need to start kind of giving yourself a steady diet of, of the word of God. But don't listen to the enemy's uh, whispers. Don't feed on those. Those won't feed your soul. Those will lead you astray and they will lead you to death. I mean it. Scripture says that, by the way. Right? Listen to the words of God. They will lead you to life and life more abundantly. Okay? Focus more on who God is than all these things you're supposed to do and keep up with. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we leaders love these students so much. And all we want 
is for them to just find themselves in you, find themselves chasing after you. So God, I pray that this year, 2024, would be one of those years that we, when we know when we're, when we're up against it or when we're doubting or when we're fearing or when we're tempted, we can run to you and we can just focus on who you are and that will give us the guidance that we need to find our identity in you because you come first, we come second, you've given us life and you've created us. Uh, so we just want to learn about you and focus on you. Let us worship you. Let us find our identity in you. Lord, I pray that this is the best year ever for this group of students. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen.